Mama said there'd be games like these, especially with Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy out of the lineup. The Bruins dropping their first game of the season to the Ottawa Senators. We're going to break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, as well as answer some of your mailbag questions. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get podcasts. So open up that app, smash that subscribe button, and never miss an episode. You can also find the podcast on YouTube, Locked On Boston Bruins YouTube channel, where you can get a glimpse into my home office and see me rocking this Bruins toque this morning because it's a bit chilly outside. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, you can find it at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. And for the first time this season, I come before you speaking about a Boston Bruins loss. A 7-5 decision at Canadian Tire Center in, well, outside Ottawa, as the upstart Senators winning their home opener in front of a very loud, raucous crowd. The thing about this game is that it's hard to get too worked up over it because the Bruins were playing the second of a back-to-back. They had to do some cross-border travel. They're without three of their top four defensemen. And Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo. And yet, it was still a very winnable game. The Bruins overcame multiple multi-goal deficits. Jim Montgomery credited their resilience. They just kept fighting, kept playing for each other, but ultimately could not overcome some defensive deficiencies that, um, yeah, cost them and exposed Jeremy Swayman. He did not get a lot of help in this one, unfortunately. The Senators, again, it was their home opener. They were buzzing. They came out uh, swinging, going up 3-0 in the opening period. The Bruins were able to tie things up at 3 thanks to a first of all a goal by Patrice Bergeron that put him into third place on the Bruins all-time list for goals scored at 403 surpassing Rick Middleton David Krejci then scored AJ Greer scored um but then Ottawa scored the next three went up six to three Nick Foligno scored his second of the season, matching his 
single season career high in the spoke to be for goals with two. He's now outscoring the likes of Austin Matthews as friend of the pod, Abby Pomeroy, mentioned on Twitter this morning. But that was as close as the Bruins would get. Two goals. Actually, no. They cut the lead to 6-5 to five on a David Pasternak goal. But in the third period, it was the Ottawa Senators who scored the lone goal, Artem Zub, extending the lead to 7-5. And Boston was not able to make yet another comeback. Jeremy Swayman allowed six goals on 25 shots. Again, the Bruins hung him out to dry. And the first two shots on net, odd man rushes. Tough way to start a game on fresh ice. Anton Strawman made his debut, played 18-29. Montgomery thought he had a good first period. But you could tell as the game went on that he has little experience. Skating with the Bruins as a group. He got a bit tired as the game went on. But Montgomery still thinks he's going to be a really good Bruin. You can't judge him based on this sole effort. And again, the Bruins, they were able to hang here with the Senators enough to make it interesting. They actually had more shot attempts overall than the Senators. Um... They outshot the Senators, but those defensive breakdowns Ottawa was able to capitalize on, and they had more scoring chances and uh, more higher danger chances than the Bruins did. Overall, however, expected goals, Boston led 4 to 3.24. So again... It was a winnable game, but also one you could have penciled in as a loss heading into it based on the back-to-back situation, Ottawa's energy coming into this one with it being their home opener. There was reason to believe that it wouldn't go Boston's way, which makes it a bit more difficult to swallow because it was right there for the taking. Ottawa left the door open. For Boston to come back from a three-goal deficit, they came two-thirds of the way back from another three-goal deficit, but ultimately could not uh, get it done. The the two strongest players for the Bruins were, not surprisingly, two of their best players. Patrice Bergeron with a goal, two assists, uh, seven shots on goal. Added a hit and a block in there as well. David Pasternak also with a one goal, two assist effort, five shots on goal to lead uh, the Bruins in points. Bergeron with the edge there in shots on goal. When it comes to a big bear of the night, it's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to give it to Nick Foligno for getting that second goal of the season. He has played very well at the beginning of the season. You gotta give him credit for that. He had two shots, a hit in eleven and a half minutes of play. And head coach Jim Montgomery 
continues to like what he sees out of uh, Nick Foligno. Um, he says he's happy with his game, and he continues to do a lot of good things. Uh, same with Jacob Lauko. Oh boy, some breaking news here. As we begin, the Boston Bruins teasing their reverse retro jersey, but no details released as of yet. We're expecting a little Pooh Bear action to be announced here on Wednesday. Definitely some yellow to it, which is interesting. So, uh, yeah, before we get to the mailbag, a couple more details about last night's game. A quick word about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all sports betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles on analysis on every NFL game you can find. Bet Online is your continued source for all sport wagering information with live betting up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, NHL, NBA. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Sorry, I got a bit distracted by that. Reverse retro tweet by the Boston Bruins. We'll have to see how that shakes out. We'll talk about it tomorrow. If indeed it is the return of Pooh Bear. So just a final conclusion about last night's game. Again, you look at the schedule. You see the Bruins playing a back-to-back. Senators with their home opener. They had been 0-2. So you knew they were going to come out buzzing. Daniel Alfredson was in the building to drop the puck. It was a sold-out crowd for like the first time in five years. A few guys had some tough starts for them. They were looking to make a good impression, and they did. Bruins playing without three of their top four defensemen. You have Anton Strawman thrown into the mix with some rust. And you had a recipe for what happened those seven goals allowed but they did score five and it's a testament to a like montgomery said their resilience their ability to put the puck in the net the bruins are having no trouble scoring so far which wasn't always the case when it comes to bruce cassidy's tenure as head coach and they didn't give up which was encouraging as well The Bruins currently tops in the NHL with 21 goals through four games, a league-leading 5.25 goals for. A bit more concerning is the 3.75 goals allowed, which is up from last season and also, you know, skewed a bit by last night's performance. And this brings me to the mailbag. There was a great question from at Jason underscore B77. 
X's and O's, what is your view of the biggest system difference in Montgomery from Cassidy? How would you describe it? Now, I am not a huge X's and O's guy. Uh, I would not be a good hockey coach by any stretch of the imagination. However, there's a clear difference here, and it is a very much more up-tempo game from the Boston Bruins. And... The defense is getting much more active in taking some chances, creating some opportunities, playing deeper in the offensive zone. Now, that doesn't quite work as well when you are missing Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy, but something clearly working in the forward group as the Bruins are getting contributions up and down the lineup um, with a few exceptions. Of course, Craig Smith off to a rough start. He was scratched from last night's game in favor of Jacob Lauko. Uh, the third line not doing a ton offensively. Frederick Coyle, zero shots last night. Taylor Hall also had zero shots. He does not necessarily look 100% to me after having that injury in the preseason where he was deemed week to week, came back really without missing any time in the regular season, perhaps a bit too prematurely. But otherwise, you're getting some shot attempts, some chances all up and down the lineup, and that is a big difference. That more up-tempo, offensively-minded game, whereas Bruce Cassidy was more team defense, um, all hands on deck, both ends of the ice, which is still important for Montgomery, but creating that offense has been more of the priority, and it's paying off with their league-leading 5.25 goals per game. I got a couple of related questions here, one from... Uh, Hellhammer at Hellhammer 9999 and Mike B at MDB82. They're kind of related to um, moves that need to be made once everyone is healthy. Mike asked, there will clearly need to be moves made when McAvoy returns. Who do you think goes and who stays? And Hellhammer asked, what do you think the ideal four line combos and D pairs look like when everyone comes back and is not on IR. Now when McAvoy and Marchand come back, that's 15 plus million dollars that you're adding to the lineup. So there's going to have to be some maneuvering uh, for sure. Right now, uh, McAvoy is on LTIR, so they have about $4 million in available cap space. So to activate him, they would need to shed 5, $5.5 million. Craig Smith, obviously a candidate to be moved after being made a healthy scratch. Nick Foligno's cap hit is large, although he has played pretty well. Uh, Mike Riley was waived. You could clear $6 million by trading Riley and Smith. So let's say that happens, for example. You would have 
um, a top line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and Jake DeBrusque. A second line of Taylor Hall, David Krejci, and David Pasternak. Third line of, uh, I'd put A.J. Greer with Charlie Coyle. And uh, that's where it's tough. I'd like to see Jack Stanika get into the lineup. I know that the Bruins are well set down the middle. I'd like to see him come into the lineup. So maybe Greer, Coyle, Stanika, and then you would have Felino, Nosik, Lauko. On defense, the pairings would be Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo. I'd probably have Forbort, Zborl in there, and then Strawman as the extra man. Now, I don't know if that adds up in terms of the cap, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. You would have to move Riley and or Craig Smith. Jackson Nika needs to get into the lineup at some point. You either have to put him on waivers to send him down or you trade him at a cap hit of 762500 You might as well put him in the lineup and see if you can get value out of that. If it means putting him on the right side or switching coil to the right side to get Stanika in, you just do it. You have guys that are playing on the left, on the right, guys all over the place playing kind of out of their natural positions. So why not do it with Stanika just to get him in the lineup? So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think there's going to be a market really for Nick Foligno. I don't know if they have an appetite to, to trade him, to be honest. He's a valued member in the locker room. And uh, that's kind of how I see things playing out. Got a couple more questions to answer here in the next segment but i want to remind you that the locked on game to game podcast locked on nhl game to game podcast is available for you every day every moment every top performance every result locked on game to game covers all the action from across the nhl with local analysis that only locked on can deliver Follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. And thank you once again for making Locked on Boston Bruins your first listen every day. A couple more questions here to answer. At Eric Ripperson asks, are the Sens going to be a problem? Well, you can see last night that their offensive attack was on display they have a very much improved forward core that can really put up some points but at the same time i still have questions about their defensive vulnerability and while the goaltending will be shored up when cam talbot is cleared to return you know, you can still see that they were pretty vulnerable there, uh, even from a somewhat depleted Boston attack without one of their best wingers up front and their best defenseman. So I think they will be improved. When it comes to playoff spot, I don't think they're quite there. 
and uh, not sure they're going to be that much of a problem per se. Uh, Tim at Impossible Pie One asked a question last week, I think, about the rotating digital ads during gameplay. How do we stop the NHL from continuing this ridiculous decision? Well, yeah, I, I don't love it. Uh, it's distracting. They glitch. Uh, the it just kind of looks weird with the brightness on the boards contrasted with the ice. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think it's sadly going anywhere. This is the future. The NHL wants to get revenue up. Um, the like Nesson, for example, they're free to bring in digital ads to cover over the in arena ads. And I don't think no matter how much we complain about these ads, helmets, jerseys, it's going to be here to stay, unfortunately. Finally, uh, for the new kids, what does clear waivers put on waivers mean? And what's the difference between restricted and unrestricted free agent? This comes from uh, Debbie Rom. Great question, Debbie. And when it comes to waivers, so some players, if you want to uh, take them from the NHL level and put them in the AHL, for example, then a player must first clear waivers where any other team around the league can put a claim on them and basically add them to their team um, for free, basically. So let's say, for example, Jack Stanika, the Bruins decide that they want to send him to AHL Providence. The nature of his contract stipulates that he has to go through waivers in order to be sent down. He's 23 years old. He's earned that degree of security. And that's why we haven't seen him sent down yet because of that. So he has that kind of contingency in place. Now, if that were to happen, a team looking for a young, cheap center could say, ooh, we like him. He is now ours. So instead of going to Providence, he goes to Edmonton, per se. And it's happened before with Colby Cave, for example. He was placed on waivers by the Bruins, picked up by the Edmonton Oilers. When it comes to restricted and unrestricted free agency, it's a bit more simple. An unrestricted free agent, his contract with his team is up and he's free to sign with any other team around the NHL. A restricted free agent, his rights are retained by his current team and he can't just go anywhere else. He either has to sign with his current team or uh, they decide to trade him. Sometimes they decide just not to sign the player and allow him to walk and become an unrestricted free agent. But uh, generally, I believe it's... I don't know exact 
uh, timelines, but your first couple contracts in the NHL, generally you have restricted free agent status and um, it's not until you play a certain amount of years in the NHL that you can become an unrestricted free agent. Hope that helps. Go to Cap Friendly. They have it all explained there as well. I think those were all the questions that were sent in this week. Thank you so much for taking part in the Locked On Bruins mailbag, which I'm toying with the idea of calling Bruise Clues. Um, And I really do appreciate the interaction and the, uh, yeah, willingness to send in some questions. So again, just to recap, Bruins losers in Ottawa, their first L of the season. On the downside, seven goals allowed. Not a great start for Jeremy Swayman, although he did not get the support that he deserved. On the flip side, five goals scored. It was a winnable game. Uh, They just looked a little gassed and, of course, very much depleted on the blue line. They will head home and get ready for Thursday's game against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, a very winnable game as the Ducks not off to a great start. We'll preview that game on tomorrow's podcast as well as do a cup check looking at the top five teams in the NHL and where the Bruins stack up there. I hope you're all having a great week so far. Thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast next to get all the advice you need for daily and weekly plays. And... uh Have a great Wednesday, friends. Don't forget to check out Locked On Celtics. Their season began last night. Locked On Patriots as they get ready for their next game. And uh, Locked On Red Sox as well for all the latest on the baseball team. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.